He is in charge, and there ain't nobody like him. And I'm glad to know who Jesus is. Amen? All right. Amos chapter number 4. I want to, if you're here for the very first time, if you're here for the very first time and you filled out uh, one of those uh, prayer request cards, we want to go ahead and take them up. Uh, uh, we usually do them in a minute, but I want to go ahead and take them up now. Do we have any first-timers with us this morning? If you, ha- if you filled out one of those prayer cards, could you hold it up right where you are? Just hold it up, and we're going to run and take them. Got some right there in the middle on this side. Hey, church, aren't we glad for our first-timers? Let's give them a hand for being here. Amen. Amen. If you are new, if you are new and, and uh, not sure what's going on about all these shirts and just the kind of the, the heavy atmosphere today. We, we've got one of our own uh, in, the, on the 12, in the room 12 on the 8th floor in Huntsville who is, who is fighting a battle, amen? He was in a, uh, uh, a devastating car accident Tuesday. And, uh, and I want everybody to know this. This is not just a physical fight. It really isn't. I, I have I, I spent just about every day uh, up there with them going in three, three or four times a, a day and and boy, God began to speak to my spirit that this is, this is a spiritual battle. Uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rule of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Every time, every time that, 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 that we would get a good news and everybody would get uh, excited and cheerful and, and ha- I'm ringing, you've got to help me with that. Uh, uh, every time that that would take place, then somebody would come and say something negative or something would take place that would... I mean, it was, it's just been a battle back and forth, back and forth. But every time God has been faithful and come right behind it and get, we, were, we were standing in line and uh, uh, we, went, we left and, and, and we got some kind of bad news and we was all down and uh, so we went to the cafeteria. Uh, I guess that's what we all do. Hey, just go to the cafeteria. That fixes everything. Amen. And uh, we were in line and, and there was two uh, elderly black gentlemen standing in front of us and they turned around and seen my shirt and, and said, uh, uh, what is that about? And I explained to him and he just turned around and grabbed Bo's hand and put his hand on his shoulder and went to pray. Just went to pray for him right there and right in the middle of the cafeteria. We just, and, and it was just every time something took place, God has been faithful and he's going to continue to be faithful. Amen? Amen. Well, let's read just a moment here. Amos chapter number 4 and verse number 6. If, if, if you have found your place, we're going to begin reading. It says, and I also, the I there is God. God is speaking to his people. God is speaking to the nation of Israel. And he says, I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all of your cities and want of bread in all of your places. In other words, he's saying, you haven't had anything to eat. I have sent a famine your way, uh, yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. And I also, I have withholden the rain from you, and there were yet three months to the harvest. And I caused it to rain upon one city, and caused it not to rain upon another city. One piece was rained upon, and the piece whereupon it rained not withered. So two or three cities wandered unto one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have smitten you with blasting and mildew, and your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increased. The, the palmer worm devoured them, yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have sent among you pestilence after the manner of Egypt. Their young men have I slain with the sword and have taken away your horses, and I have made the stink of your camps to come up unto your nostrils, yet 
have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and ye were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God. Say it with me. Prepare to meet thy God. Everybody say it. Father, in Jesus' name, please touch us today. Please help our hearts mend our brokenness. Re, Lord, reinforce our faith. We know you're in charge, but sometimes we get weak. And God, we know you've got a plan, but sometimes we get weary. God, I know you, 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 you're up to something, and, 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 and I, I pray that you'll just help us to receive your word today. And God, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I don't want anybody. Matter of fact, I, I shared and I talked about these verses with, with Bo and Holly this week because... All week long, I have, I have had this chapter in my mind and this verse in my mind, and I, I couldn't shake it. I couldn't, I couldn't get it out of my heart. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get, get, it, get it away. I, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do a message on knowing God, and, and we need to know our God. Amen? He's an awesome God, and I, I, I was working on that, and it was an exciting one of them shouting messages, you know, one you, you really enjoy preaching and you enjoy hearing and you get to brag on God a while and, and God just would not let me leave these verses. And I don't want anybody to leave here and, and, and it's amazing to me, it's, it's, I, I can't believe how much stuff is made up when people start talking. Uh, uh, well, we heard that this happened and that happened and, that, and, and, and most of the stuff that, that I've heard that they've heard ain't true. And it just happens that it goes that way and it goes that way. And, and, and some people will try to get up on a spiritual soapbox and say, well, let me tell you why God did this. Don't be that stupid. There is nobody on this planet who can, who can even be so arrogant as to think they know why God did anything if God did do something. Listen, I know this. Good things and bad things happen to good people. Things happen. We're living in a cursed world. We're living in a broke world. So don't, don't jump up and say, well, I tell you what, let me tell you what God... Here's the deal what you can say, because i got Bible to back it up. I don't, I, don't, I don't know who done this, but I know what God is doing with it. The Bible says all things work together for good. Are y'all with me? God can take the good and the bad and make it all good. You see, you see, the devil tried to destroy because, see, the devil is a liar and the devil is a thief and the devil is a murderer. The Bible says the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come, Jesus said, I, John 10, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I'm telling you, what the devil will use to try to destroy, God will turn around and bring life out of it. 
People are getting saved. People are getting right. Listen, a, 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 a friend of mine, I don't know if he's here. He might be in the next service. But a friend of mine I've been witnessing to for years and years, Bob Abney. He trusted Christ Friday night, Junior. I don't know if you heard or not, but he trusted Christ Friday night. 70, 77, 78 years old, the odds of that happening is you could you could better off winning the lottery. God is doing great things. God is going to continue to do great. I don't know what's going to happen. I wish I did. I wish I could tell you I know what's going to happen. I wish I could tell you and then say, listen, tomorrow... When, 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 when they take that monitor out, listen, and do the cat scan, I wish I could tell you he'd sit up and drink a cup of coffee. But I can't. All I know is God can work all things for good. I do know that. Now, here's the deal. In this message, we are, we are looking at a God who had done incredible things for his people, the nation of Israel. He brought them out of Egypt, listen, in a miraculous way. He came and when he, I'm talking about a group of slaves, a group of people who were no people. God came and he heard their cry and he took this people, the nation of Israel, out of Egypt and he, and he brought them through the wilderness into a place. And by the way, while they were in the wilderness, he fed them, he comforted them, he protected them, he fought for them. He gave them water out of a rock, manna out of the bakery of glory, gave them quail up to knee deep and gave them everything they needed. The shoes didn't rot off, the clothes didn't rot off their back. He gave them everything they needed and brought them to a land of milk and honey, brought them to a promise land, Canaan land, brought them to a place where they didn't have to build the houses, they didn't have to plant the vineyards, they didn't have to dig the wells, they just had to go in and possess what God had promised them. Are y'all with me? God had been good to them. God had blessed them beyond measure, beyond what they deserved. And man, I can't, I can't help but read this chapter and think about America. I can't help but think about what God has done for our nation, what God has done. You see, I went to a Christian school. I, was not, I, I, I got to learn the real Christian heritage behind the founding of our country and what God really did and the miraculous things He did in our country and how He has blessed our country beyond measure. But our country has forgotten God. We've forgotten the God who delivered. We've forgotten the God who provided. We've forgotten the God of, listen, George Washington as he nailed in that snow. I'm telling you, we've forgotten God. And the nation of Israel did the same thing. The Bible says in the beginning of that chapter, you'll find, you'll find that they were oppressing the poor to support the, to support the lifestyle of the, the extravagant in Israel. You'll, you'll find out that there was a, a religious hypocrisy that was going on. They were saying something on Sunday. They were living something different on Monday. And God was sick of their action. And let me tell you something. That's happening in America. We're playing church. We're running around doing everything we want to do, acting like God ain't aware and God don't know what's going on. I promise you, he's watching. And he says, I, I did this. You didn't return. I did this and you didn't return. I did this. And by the way, I, I, I highlighted and underlined eight times where God said, I did or I whatever. Eight times. And he said four times, yet you return not unto me. You know what that tells me? God gave us an opportunity four times, but he asked eight times. 
He went above and beyond the call of duty to try to get their attention. Are y'all with me? He said, yet you would not return unto me. Because of that, he says, prepare to meet your God. As I was reading this, I said, God, I don't want to preach this. I don't even want to go here. Matter of fact, I'm honest about everything else. Y'all might as well know. I don't even want to be here right now. My heart's up there. I'm telling you right now. I wish I was there right now. But God said, you've got to give them a word. This is the word. In this chapter, we see three basic things, three simple things. This is not really complicated. This is really not profound. But as I look at this chapter, I find, number one, that there is an active role being taken by God. An active role. In other words, in other words don't get this, this image in your mind that there is a supernatural being in heaven who just threw everything together, threw all the ingredients in and just put it in the oven and let it become whatever it becomes. That, that God, I, I've heard people say this stuff, that, that God just threw everything out there and then it's just watching, letting them see what's going on and what's happening. That God is not involved. God is, doesn't know the detail. The Bible says God knows every hair on your head. There is an active role being taken by God Almighty in the lives of His children. You say, what active role is that? The first thing I see, He sees. He sees. Nothing is going to escape the eye of God. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. What are you saying? There's an active role being taken by God. He is seeing everything that we're doing. He is seeing everything that we're watching. He is seeing everything that we are being. He is watching our lives, every detail of our life. He is involved. He is aware. He knows what's going on. There are seven seven letters in, in, in excuse me, seven churches in, in Asia that we find in Revelation chapters two and three. And God sends a letter to everyone, and in all seven letters, there's a phrase that's found in every letter. I know thy works. I know thy works. In every church, God knows what's going on. In every church, God knows whatever sin is being committed. In every church, God knows what every labor, what every deeds of service, everything that's going on. God is seeing it. God is recording it. And God knows what's going on. You may hide it from your mama. You may hide it from your daddy. You may hide it from your wife. You may hide it from your husband. But honey, I'm telling you, there's an all-seeing eye that you're not going to hide it from. And God is seeing what's going on. He sees, he knows, he's watching, he's involved in our life everywhere you go. You know, I've, I've had people, I've had people, uh, 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 I, I was dressed a certain way, was dressed a certain way, come up to the door of the church. And I, I walk over to the door and I said, come on in, my officer. No, I can't come in there. What do you mean you can't come in here? Well, I'm not, I'm not dressed to come in there. And I wanted to say, honey, He's out there too. Now, if it ain't good in here, it ain't good out there. See, we've got this, we've got this image. We've got this image that we leave God here. I'm trying to be dignified. I really am. But I'm telling you, God is wherever you're going before you get there. God is in the car with you. God is at home with you. I heard a definition. Character is what you are when no one's around. 
Are y'all with me? God sees. He's watching. Where, where are we going to go where he ain't? Amen? He sees. He's taking an active role in our lives. He sees our behavior. He sees our lifestyle. He sees. He's watching. But not only does he see, he sins. He sins. S-E-N-D-S. He sins. What are you saying? When he sees wrong, he deals with it. God's not up in heaven. God's not up. You got Sometimes I get frustrated. I get frustrated with parents who, who won't make their children mine. This is off topic. But I don't get that. I, re, I, I just, I, you know, don't do that. Don't do For real, dude, I'm going to whoop you. I, don't, don't lie. If you ain't going to whoop them, don't lie to them. Amen? Because they know you're lying. That's why they keep doing it. Hello? I don't know why I'm talking about this. Somebody must need to hear it. Amen. Do you realize God's not that way? If God says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. I tell you what, if my dad said you're getting a whooping, you might as well chalk it down, honey. You got one coming. God is the same way. He will send things in our life to get our attention. He said, I sent a famine, cleanness of teeth. That means you ain't eating nothing. Famine, drought, pestilence, which is disease. Young men being slain with a sword, that's, that's warfare. Does this not sound like America? And you've got to understand, when he talks about the palmer worm and all the agricultural things, and that, that was their economy. Their economy was completely about agriculture, and God was attacking their economy to get their attention. Does anybody watch the news? God's trying to get our attention. We got young men being killed every day in Afghanistan and God saying why don't you return to me man some of us need to go back and study some history again that's a good idea we need a we need a Christian history class just to remind us where we come from listen Man, as, as in Christian school, I learned so much about the founding of our country and, and how God was so intertwined, and now we want to kick him out of everything. State upon state upon state trying to legalize same-sex marriage. God, help us. Babies being killed by abortion mill slaughterhouses. In America, where's the cry? Where's the anger? Where's the uprising of God's people? We're too worried about the gas prices. We prayed more about gas prices than we have wickedness in our country. God says, why don't you come back to me? I have, I have sent conviction. I have sent correction. That verse in Hebrews says this. Hebrews 12, you say, I, God wouldn't do that. He's a God of love. My dad loved me. I guarantee you my dad would take a bullet from me, but I guarantee you this, he beat the devil out of me. Did anybody ever get a whooping growing up? 
I've never once in my life got a spanking. Never once. I got whooping. And my dad loved me. That's why he done it. Now watch what the Bible says. Hebrews 12, 5. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. The word rebuke there is a mild voice. In other words, hey, hey. And then he goes on to the next verse, verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. First we have rebuking, then we have chastening, and then we have scourging. Every different level is a different place that God will have to take you if you don't pay attention and he don't get your attention. If God gets your attention with that still, small voice, would that rebuke? I've got children, I've got children right now. I've got children right now that they're acting goofy, and I can just say, and they'll melt right down into the carpet. And I've got children. That don't. Amen. Let me just leave it right there. Whatever it takes. If it takes a rebuke to get your attention, guess what? That's all you're going to get. If you come back to God and you get right with God and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Then, then if you don't, chastening's coming. And it's a more severe form of correction. But then, trust me, God will scourge you. And, 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 and you want to know what that is? Just look it up in your concordance. Scourging means a whipping as, as, as if a, a whip to tear flesh. There's been times God has had to whip me. Because he, he tried to get my attention. Most of you know this, but some of you here don't, so I'm going to just tell you. My first semester in Bible college. Brother Mark, I think that was before y'all came. Y'all came the second semester I came, but that first semester I was so homesick. I grew up in a very, very conservative, strict uh, Christian home, and, and I had never been away from anybody. I mean, they, I mean, I was home, and, and I was I just turned 18 years old and shipped me off to South Carolina. I'm from South Florida. Crab legs, coconuts, and palm trees. Say amen. And it was in the middle of the winter, cold as I've ever been in my entire life. I said, there's no way that this is the will of God. There's no way. I, I went through that first semester, and I come home, and uh, I made up my mind I ain't going back. I don't need no more of that. I got everything I need. What I don't need, I can find somewhere else. I ain't going back. My mom, my dad, they tried to just... You know, say, look, man, you need this is this is really important. You need to finish what you start, and that rebuke, the Holy Spirit dealing with my heart. I'd go to church and try to try to try to uh, convince God how wrong He was. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Try to rationalize with God. Okay, God, if you don't make me do that, then I'll do more over here. Don't mess with God. And I just, and finally got into a kind of a sure enough argument with my parents. Bad mistake. Said, your daddy whoop you? Worse. Worse. He turned me over to God. I went and, and, and stayed with my cousin and, and was staying with him and 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 
the school started a, a, a or some some of the people that had had pl- I played baseball with in high school they had started a uh, a team for for guys right out of high school you know eighteen to to a twenty year old and that's me I'm playing ball again that's what you know whoo went to practice went to practice the coaches wasn't there and they was hitting fly balls and we was out there in the outfield shagging fly balls just having a big time and they hit me one and I was running just hard as I could and I. I reached up and I called him. Just as soon as I turned around, I kissed a chain link fence wide open. Just about killed me. I fell backwards, staggered back, and I hit the ground. I had blood just just pouring off of my face. I stood up and I tried to walk and I fell back down. Y'all not going to believe what I thought about. You see, I was supposed to already be back at school. If I'd have been where I'm supposed to be, I wouldn't be bleeding right now. You see, God tried to get my attention with a rebuke. God even chasing me a little bit because everything started going wrong. Everything does. Your water heater going out or your dishwasher messing up or your, 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 your truck having a flat tire, it might not be a, an accident. Then he had to scourge me. But guess where I was in a couple weeks? What happened to you? Don't ask. Don't ask. He will send correction. I see I see an active role. Do y'all see an active role? God said eight times, I tried to do this. I tried to do I wonder how many people in here God's trying to get your attention. I wonder how many people's in here going through stuff in your life right now and you're wondering, what, why is this happening to me? Maybe God's trying to say, hey, hello, remember me? But see, the bad part about this was, there was not only an active role, God's doing his part, but there was an apparent refusal. Yet you would not come back to me. They refused to repent, which means to change your mind, to turn means to turn they refuse to return to God you see you can't here's the deal here's what we want to you can't turn from something without turning to something well I just quit my bad habits well that's not good enough because you see you got to understand something there's no neutral ground with Jesus either you're for him or you're against him You can't turn from something without turning to something. Are y'all with me? And they refused. As much as he tried to get their attention, they refused. As much as he tried to to, to get them to turn back to him, they refused. They refused. They refused. But then there's an absolute reality. Not just an active role that God takes place in our life. Not just an apparent refusal because apparently there's a lot of people in America who's turning their back on God because God is pouring His judgment on our country. And by the way, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. But there is an absolute reality at the end of that deal. You know what? Come to my, con- my mind and, and a conclusion in my heart. Eight times God tried to get their attention. But guess what? There was never a number nine. There is a limited 
chance that God will give His children. Limited chances. I'm, I'm glad that he, he, he comes to us multiple times. I'm glad He's a second chance God. I'm glad He's a third chance God. But listen, honey, you got to understand something. Those chances are very limited. I'll give you a verse. The Bible says in Genesis 6, when He was talking about mankind before He sent the flood, in Genesis chapter number 6, verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Now let's go back to that, that, that statement he makes. My spirit shall not always strive with man. The word strive there means to plead the cause. In other words, God had been pleading with the people on this earth, repent and come back to me. Repent and come back to your creator. But the Bible says every thought and imagination was wicked exceedingly upon mankind. And yet God kept pleading with them and kept pleading with them and kept pleading with them. And there was a day that came that God shut up Noah and his family in the ark and it was over. Limited chances. Limited chances. Not only is there limited chances, but there's going to be a literal confrontation. I looked up that word confrontation. The word confront, it means this, a face-to-face meeting. Because thou wilt not come back to me, Israel, prepare to meet thy God. A face-to-face meeting. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 14, verse 10, But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Are you ready? Oh, well, I'm ready to go to heaven. No. No, wait a minute. We've got to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Yeah, I'm ready for heaven. I'm ready for gold streets. I'm ready for jasper walls. I, 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 I'm ready for comfort and God wipe away all the tears. But you ever notice that, 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 that the Bible says God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes was right after he talked about the great white throne judgment? I wonder how many tears are going to be in our eyes. And by the way, if you're saved, you're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. If you're lost, you're going to be at the great white throne judgment. I promise you, you don't want to be at that one. One's going to be for the lost and one's going to be for the saved. But the point is, what's it going to be like when you meet him? Are we prepared? Oh, preacher, I'm saved. I'm not asking, are you saved? I'm saying, are you prepared to meet him? Are you living your life right now the way God wants you to or is God trying to get your attention? Oh, you're just trying. Let me tell you something. I was sitting in. I was sitting in in the in the ICU waiting room, and we were sitting there. And I got the paper. The first the first article they put in there about Andrew, and and on the bottom side of the fold, you know, it has a fold. On the bottom side of the fold, it says the the, the Coleman community hopeful for the recovery of a, of the Coleman youth. And I was reading. I was reading the article. Well, I just flipped the paper over. And on the top of the fold, it had an article about somebody who was in, a, in, a, in an accident the same day and was killed in the accident. And, you know, I, 
there was there was talk going on. Well, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. He should have been wearing a seatbelt. I read the article of the person killed. They were wearing a seatbelt. I read his article, and they were saying, well, he, he didn't have a seatbelt on or whatever. Guess what? Here's the deal. It could have been just as easily anybody else in this room. We could have been right now in the situation with Andrew, we could have been on top of the fold and not under the fold. Nobody's promised tomorrow. Are you prepared to meet your God? Are you ready? If he was to come today, if he was to call you home today, are you prepared to meet your God? There's an old song that I sung when I was a kid when we, when we were growing up in church. My dad must have loved it because he made him sing it, I think, about every other invitation. Careless soul, why, why will you linger? Wandering from the fold of God, hear you not the invitation. Oh, prepare to meet thy God. Why so thoughtless are you standing while the fleeting years go by and your life is spent in folly? Oh, prepare to meet thy God. Hear you not the earnest pleading of your friends that wish you well and perhaps before tomorrow you'll be called to meet your God. If you spurn the invitation till the Spirit shall depart, then you'll see your sad condition unprepared to meet your God. Careless soul, oh, heed the warning, for your life will soon be gone. Oh, how sad to face the judgment, unprepared to meet your God. There's a literal confrontation going to take place. Are you prepared to meet your God? Father, in Jesus' name.